If you haven't listened to So You Want to Do a Podcast Part 1, you should go do that right now. You missed a lot of technical information, and some of our jokes won't make sense to you. If you did listen to Part 1, you know that we discussed the range of gear that you might need to record a podcast. Well, James and I thought it would be fun to record the intros of both these episodes with the sub-$200 setup we talked about. That's the Monoprice Mixer and the Behringer Mics hooked up to a laptop. Now go back to part one and let us know if you can hear the difference between the intro and the rest of the episode. Anyway, part two. We finish up the how and we go into the why. Enjoy. All right, moving along. And so that was the the nerdy part. We just went into the nerve canyon, and we're coming out now. Thank Step God. seven. It's, 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 it's still no a steep did. climb out of this yeah, hole. Yeah. Step seven is logos, the artwork for your show. So you need to, that makes sense, right? So using Photoshop or Microsoft Paint, whatever you have, yes. creating creating a, a, a logo that will catch someone's attention, right? What do you guys think? You should have one. <laughs> Use Microsoft Paint because it's way more fun. <laughs> when I think of the podcasts that I listen to the most, they're usually branded very well. Yeah. Right. So, one that's not quite one of my favorites, but one that I've listened to before that I really, really like that has great branding is uh, Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. And, and the, it's it's a really weird podcast. You're just but going, that's, just, the, that's the other I'm, really yeah, far I'm end. I'm getting real concerned about you over here, Paul. <laughs> I've always been a little concerned. This but. episode's not about me. That's about you're, podcasting. You're making it about you. Branding Good. is important across the board. And you can actually... Yep. Like really important across the board. Yep, yep. Um, add to, adding to branding, right? There's a website called Fiverr where you can actually, mm-hmm. like, you can uh, submit an idea to a graphic designer and they can make a logo for you. Yeah. Speaking of Fiverr, you could also get, like, podcast intros High quality podcast mm-hmm. intros done for you for like 15, 20 yep. bucks. Voiceover work, yep. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, voiceover work, it's like usually $5 for 100 words. It's like, and these are professional voice actors, so it's very yeah. usable. Fiverr, that's F I V E R R.com. Yeah. They are not sponsoring this episode at all. <laughs> <laughs> Step eight recording audio. So, what are some basics of getting quality audio? Uh, volume, volume is really important. You have to make sure that your, what you would call your levels are set at an appropriate level because it's much harder to go in when you're editing the audio, uh, to add volume, right? So you want to make sure that you're getting as much, uh, of your audio as you can upfront. Uh, and also on the other end, if it's too loud and your audio starts what's called clipping, you get that buzzy because it's too loud, you can't save that either. So you really need to make sure it's not too loud either. So how do you do that? Okay, let me let me just throw that out there as someone who doesn't produce a podcast. And while I very much enjoy hanging around on a podcast, uh, if I was looking to start my own podcast, how do I know when the levels are right? What you would do, like in the most basic way, you'd plug in your microphone into your mixer and then you'd set the gain level. I, James can correct me if I'm wrong. You'd set the gain level up to a certain point and you can see where the audio is uh Uh, is sort of falling on uh, the monitor that's usually Mm -hmm. on the mixer itself. So I think most of us have, have looked at a mixer before and have seen there's like, there's usually some lights that are green and then there's a couple yellow ones above that. And then there's red ones. Well, when it's reaching the red, that's when it's peaking, right? So you want your, your maximum audio volume to sort of fall in that yellow range. That's like the, that's the sweet range kind of, you know, for, for good audio volume, right? 
That's a really great explanation. Thank you, Paul. That's what I've always heard. That's I'm just saying. High school education. If I was starting my own podcast, I'd be real confused, but now I'm less confused. Thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> Still concerned about you, but <laughs> less so. <laughs> also, when you're recording, uh, you know, and I always tell our guests when they come on the podcast, but always to make sure the microphone's really close to your mouth. That makes sure you get the full dynamic range. It has a deep feeling, right? If a microphone, some people do a podcast with a microphone like smack in the middle between three people, and it's like you always, it sounds hollow, it sounds tinny. Uh, you don't get that full dynamic range you get when you're up close to the microphone. All right, step nine making a podcast ready audio file, aka an MP3. I think that's pretty straightforward. We could skip that. Uh, step 10 choosing, choose audio hosting. So, where do you put the episodes online so people can get it? So you recorded the podcast, mm-hmm. you edited it, you made it nice, you export it as an MP3. Now what do you do? You have to put it online. Um, so it's not like so it's not super easy where you just put it somewhere and then boom, it's on Apple Podcasts. There's actually two steps to it that not a lot of people know about. So you need to first find a host where yeah. you're uploading it, mm-hmm. and then you got to find a way to get that connected then to Apple Podcasts. And we'll go through, that's like four steps for this guy. Audio hosting, where where should, where should do I host the podcast, Paul? Uh, the one that I think of first is uh, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com. Mm-hmm. You can sign up for a free account on there. And then I think once you have a certain amount of audio, you'd have to have, you'd have to pay basically for the storage on that website, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. Uh, Spotify also, you can upload your media into Spotify as sort of like a music, but uh, you can list that eventually as a, as a podcast. Buzzsprout is another one. I've never used Buzzsprout, but that's, uh, I guess one that's prevalent somewhere in the media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one is Libsyn, L I B S Y N. I've never used Libsyn. I've just heard a lot of people use it, but yeah. essentially what you're looking for is a host where you could upload the MP3 files episodically and have an RSS feed created. So we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Step 11, publishing episodes. So when you put up an episode, you need to put catchy titles and write up show notes. <laughs> show notes that are relevant and also catchy, right? So I remember having conversations with Paul about this, but whenever I'm looking through a podcast, I'm looking for a title that catches my attention. Mm-hmm. And when I click on it, I read the description yep. and see if this is something I want to invest the next 30 minutes on, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some tips when you think of catchy titles and good show notes? I'd say either the title either has to have some sort of hint as to what the content might be. Be nice. Right. <laughs> right. Or, so it shouldn't just be like red. Right. <laughs> it's like, or, I, I mean, actually, I was going to say some, some podcasts do very well at making one word or two word episode titles that are just at, at the very least intriguing. Right. I'm going to click on it and see what the description is. Right. Right. But yeah. So that's kind of the two things, either content or it has to be intriguing. Right. Don't right. put episode one. Yeah. No. All right. Step 12, creating an RSS feed. So that is the thing that actually makes your podcast a podcast. So if you were to sign up with one of these hosts that we talked about before, we use SoundCloud. It gives you an RSS feed. And an RSS feed is essentially a URL that starts with RSS mm-hmm. colon and then this long URL. What, what I would say for the layman is that it's a link to your content. Boom. Right? It's a link. Good job. It's a link to the audio. Right. Was that better? That was beautiful. Good Thank explanation. You. Yes. Thank you. Good job. Good That's job. What, this is why Paul's here. I just want to get paid the big. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be recognized for my skills. <laughs> uh, step thirteen. This was interesting. He wrote a podcast website. 
So he says, a home on the web for your show, not required, but I think it's that it's that important so it gets included here. That's what he wrote. Hmm. So what do you think? A podcast website, it's not necessary though, right? I don't know. Gabby, what do your podcast websites look like? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they look great. First of all, no, they're well branded. They are very well branded. Let's be clear; they're very easy to use. No, I have two two of my podcasts, um, both Crackers and Grape Juice, and the History Chicks have really great websites um, where they post their show notes. And uh, Crackers and Grape Juice will link you not only to their show notes but also to a lot more material from their guests, which is helpful. Um, but I find that I, as a, a listener, a, an, an active listener, I don't go to their websites a whole lot. Um, but it may be helpful as you're thinking about the overall brand of your podcast. Um, you know, what is a resource that people can go to, um, to find out more about who you are as, um, hosts and who your guests are. And you can put a lot more information on a website than you necessarily could on a description. It's something to think about if you know how to make a website. Yeah, uh, James and I debated this as we were uh, going through this list earlier today. And uh, yeah, I, I think that if you are intending on doing podcasting regularly mm-hmm. and you want people to find it and maybe eventually make some sort of uh, profit on your podcast, having a website, a well-done website right. um, is, is really important, right? Mm-hmm. You want to be able, I want to be able to Google the title of your podcast and find it within the first two or three results. Right. Yeah. And that website needs to be well done. I, I think you can probably use like Squarespace or um, what's the other one that's like Wix, Weebly. Yeah, yeah Wix. Wix, Weebly, right. Stuff like that. Um, and they can they produce really, um, you know, aesthetically pleasing websites that will eventually help you if you want to start selling like merchandise from your mm-hmm. podcast or anything like that. Right. Having a website is going to be really important. Right. So. Uh, and last but not least, 14. Getting into iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, which includes the podcast app. Right. And these are called podcatchers. Right. Right. Podcatchers. So mm. basically with this, you just you take that RSS URL that you get and you give it to I've never actually had to do this before. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've had people like James do it for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so we talked about hosts, right? So SoundCloud, for instance, is where you upload the file, but then you have to find podcatchers where people are actually listening to podcasts. So podcast app, Google Play, some people listen to Stitcher, yeah. right? Um, Spotify. S- Spotify. Spotify. So these places, what you do is you go in and there's always going to be some option to submit a podcast. You go in there and they ask for an RSS feed. So you just copy and paste the RSS feed. Right. They'll have some other information they need to verify that you're not a spammer. And usually Apple takes a couple days. So they say, we will confirm this. Uh, we, I waited about three days and then it was accepted. And once it's accepted, then it appears on the podcast app. And whenever I upload an episode to SoundCloud, it automatically updates in the podcast app. So it's what, a one-time what's, thing. What's your podcast? <laughs> <laughs> what's your podcast, Paul? I don't have one. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I never created the RSS feed, which is a critical step number 12, I believe. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. All right, so those are the steps to creating your own podcast. That took a little longer than I thought. But thank you again to Ray Ortega of the Podcaster Studio for sharing that online. Moving on. So these are all the steps in creating a podcast, but you can't just make a podcast. What does it take to make a podcast great? 
So or at least good, I would say. At least good. <laughs> at least good. At least something that, on some right, level. You're competing, quote unquote, against 500,000 podcasts for people's attention, right? Mm-hmm. So what does it take to make a good podcast? A guy that I was going to work with, actually, for um, this presentation originally, uh, his name is Ryan Lee Lash. He goes to Haddonfield United Methodist mm-hmm. Church, and he works on the audio ministry team there. Right, and he was asked by someone someone within the church organization to start a podcast. So uh, they did, and the podcast was called uh, "People of the Story." He uh, came up with some advice for making a podcast, and this was specifically in the context of making a faith based mm-hmm. church podcast. Right. So his first piece of advice was commit to your concept. Go in with some sort of idea or concept that you feel confident that you can sustain conversation about over a period of time. Right. So my ball bearings podcast might only be one episode right? <laughs> unless it takes me into some sort of underground crime world or something. <laughs> right. um, For which, you, it probably yeah. would. <laughs> Just saying. I'm not right. painting a great picture of myself. But <laughs> so, yeah, commit, commit to your concept. And he says two things about that. Right. If you aren't interested in what you're talking about, mm-hmm. then no one else will be interested in it. Yep. Right? Very true. And then also understand that you'll be spending a lot of time preparing for this, right? Make sure it's something you're going to enjoy doing. Right. So if you're interviewing somebody, do some research. Yep. Read their book. Yeah. Yeah. If <laughs> you you're going inter- to interview an author about a book, make sure you at you least have look at the book. book. Right. Yeah. And, you know, skim it, whatever it takes. It makes a world of a difference. Yeah. yeah. Step two, have the right equipment, right? So we already talked a lot about uh, equipment, the boring part that Gabby... You know, her glazed eyes over. Glazed over. She right. left and came right. back yes. for. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Ryan says that you can get quality audio out of a you know one to two hundred and fifty dollar USB microphones, uh, but make sure that's going to work with you in the system, and especially if you think that your podcast might grow, if that's going to work for you in the long run. And he says the often overlooked things is the environment, right? So you have to have some sort of sound dampening material, whether that's a blanket fort or a professional studio <laughs> I'm really into with this foam, you know, fort. foam mats all over the place to dampen the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, also make sure that you have the proper cables that you need and make sure that you have software to edit that audio, right? So that was number two, have the right equipment, mm-hmm. right? His uh, piece of advice, number three, focus on the production, uh, don't expect to just record raw audio and then post it immediately on your website or your you know podcasting uh, host. Um, if you're uh, making an unscripted podcast, you're going to be doing a lot of audio editing, right? You're going to be going through, yeah. uh, taking out Holy the ums and uhs that I've been filling with, <laughs> with my audio here. Uh, and even if it's scripted, you might want to take a few takes to get the right one. Right. right. Uh, and the second thing he has to say about that is make sure you listen to a podcast with earbuds uh, at 50% volume, right? So that's a piece of very mm-hmm. practical advice. If you're going to make the podcast, once you mix it and export it as an MP3, listen to it at 50% volume. Um, yeah, and I, I, I try to listen to it from different avenues. So I listen to it off of my computer, I listen to it off of my phone, and then I listen to it in my car. Right. Because... Especially when I listen to my car, I notice some errors and intricacies that mm-hmm. I didn't notice while I was editing. So mm-hmm. usually I always listen to it in my car before I give it the final go and publish it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and the purpose of that is to make sure that the volume is good, right? All of, all of the audio that you have, if it's background music, if it's words, all of that you can hear. 
uh, and you want to make sure it's not it's not clipping, right? You're not reaching peak volume, and um, there's not a lot of feedback to that either. Not a lot of clicks, pops, all that kind of stuff, right? Right, right. Okay. Cool. And then his fourth and final piece of advice was be open to failing and learning. <laughs> what? No. Ooh, what if I refuse? So <laughs> unless no you've failure. done this before, like Gabby, uh, <laughs> your first idea may not exactly be what you or your audience find mm-hmm. interesting. So yeah, be willing to try new ideas out. Um, mm-hmm. If you watch a TV show, season one of that TV show is going to be a lot different from season two. Invest time in getting people to listen to it and, and give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have friends who have never listened to what you've done before, get them to listen to it. See what they say. If they don't like it, then maybe there's some stuff that you can go fix. Yeah. Um, and also don't expect to be an overnight success. Right. <laughs> what? Um, don't force your podcast no. if it's not fun to make. Mm. Right. B- ball bearings. <laughs> For you. Right. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do when I get home now. <laughs> So those are his four pieces of advice. Just to recap, commit to your concept, have the right equipment, focus on the production, and be open to failing and learning. It's like ministry. Yeah, it's there's a lot of have parallels. Right equipment? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. You need the right equipment. You have equipment. to have the right equipment for ministry. Yeah, sorry. absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have don't. my I don't have my yeah. my gelt chalice. <laughs> also, also one thing I've. Um, experienced especially in a lot of faith-based podcasts is that there's such a lack of how do i say this conflict Mm. so whenever i create a podcast usually i see it as telling a story even if it's just a conversation usually it comes out of some sort of need or some sort Mm -hmm. of conflict right so this podcast is people are really curious about how to make a podcast Podcast, right? right or you know, one of the podcasts I, one of the first ones I worked with Paul on was Deacons, right? So people mm-hmm. have no idea what Deacons are. Is what are right? Deacons? What's the point, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of question or conflict that we're tackling. But so many faith based podcasts are just, I'm sitting down with Bishop so and so and we are just talking. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's boring. That's not a, yeah. that's not an intriguing podcast. You need to really think about the story as cliche as that is the story of the podcast, what is the conflict? What Mm -hmm. are we addressing here? What is the resolution that we are seeking? Right. So since posting your sermon online is not a podcast, what are some potential ideas that people can play around with in creating a faith-based, a church-based podcast? Um, Some ideas that I came up with, I came up with these in in less than five minutes. I think James was here when I did it. Um, Well, it's just, it's, it's easy to come up with these things. They're, they're kind of nuanced. They're specific to different Mm -hmm. contexts, all that kind of stuff. It will take a lot more time to flesh them out and make them into real podcasts, but it's just, they're starters. Right. Exactly. So the first one I came up with was uh, a church leader meets with community leaders. So, Mm -hmm. you know, firefighters, school teachers, all that kind of stuff on a podcast uh, and, and community organizers, and they talk about what the community needs are and how the church can be there. Yep. Right. That was a great idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was surprisingly the first idea I came I'm up so with. I'm so proud of you. I came up with one good idea. Uh, yeah, it's the first time ever. <laughs> now every church, go make one. Go. Um, yeah, so that was the first one. Uh, the second one I came up with was just sermon commentary or Q&A mm-hmm. about, about a sermon, yeah. right? So this is where you could take a sermon and sermon audio mm-hmm. and turn it into... Uh, something that that people might want to engage further with your sermon. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you could have people from the congregation tweet in questions if they're that progressive. 
uh, if they're that technology, Whoa. right? <laughs> Tweeter, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Pastor, well, we don't I, have I know, that. I know a church that does this really well. They're called the Faith Bridge. They're a United Methodist Church out in Texas. Mm-hmm. And after every sermon, the teaching pastor then sits down in a recording studio with the podcast host who then asks questions about the sermon and hmm. engages the teaching pastor and they talk about it for about half an hour. And so it's kind of like follow-up questions people had. So huh, that's they, awesome. they produce that every week. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty, pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah. The, uh, the third idea I came up with was interviewing people from the congregation and getting their faith stories. So that's kind of what people, the story was mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah. Right. You could do uh, so fourth idea, you could do a podcast, uh, People who come on and talk about their favorite Bible stories, right? Talk about the theology uh, in them and, and what the what those stories mean to those people. Or you could go through weekly liturgy, right? Mm-hmm. And and um, and sort of sermon ideas, uh, reflections from seminary education, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like if you'd ever want to go back to seminary mm-hmm. and talk about that kind of stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's fourth idea. And then fifth idea, uh, a faith and film podcast. Watch a movie and give some sort of commentary that's vaguely faith-based or you know christian-based <laughs> vaguely so let's go watch shape of water <laughs> right we and talk offer. about our we could talk about baptismal waters right there you go good yeah. job <laughs> yeah the, sh- the shape of water and baptism because <laughs> definitely go together definitely go together <laughs> you know I'm, there was a lot of water in this film i'm copywriting that title. All right, so, there you go. Just so you know. Done. Go for it. It's fine. Or the sixth idea I had, ball bearings. <laughs> There's a theology in there somewhere. That's how we're going to end yes. this podcast That's on ball bearings. On ball bearings. It all gets around <laughs> to ball bearings. Oh, that was a really good dad joke. Thanks. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that that pretty much wraps it up. So to create a good podcast, come up with a good concept, identify your audience, have good equipment, but you don't, you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on it. Right. And just have fun trial yeah. and error. I think that's what it really boils down to. Podcasting is fun. We should do it more, <laughs> <laughs> but we should do it well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any suggest other suggestions. I think I'm podcasted out. He worked his brain too hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty tired too. <laughs> Gabby, do you have any things you think you'll take to your churches? Do you think your churches might be, interested in starting a podcast no they're definitely not interested in starting a podcast however one of the committees that i'm on for the conference has been throwing around the idea of doing a podcast and so this was actually quite useful because now i can take this back to my committee and say look now we've learned how to do a podcast let's try it so it'll be interesting cool what committee is this uh the uh, committee on community and parish relationship development this is at the conference level? This is at the conference level. Oh. Uh, and so what we do is we're, well, we're forming an idea of what it is that we are doing because we're in the process of kind of redeveloping what we understand our role in the conference to be. Um, but one of the things that we're trying to do is resource folks and pastors, lady, on interacting with their community better. So that first idea that you had about um, podcasting with uh, community members is a really important one. Um, and something we've been trying to figure out a way to be able to bring that, uh, in a different way. So podcasting, see, now I, I'm less scared about podcasting now. <laughs> great. So this, this was a great, useful. You, you came to the right I day. Did. So useful. <laughs> we've been helpful to one person. Yes. Exactly one. That's what matters, right? 
I guess, yeah. Just one person. That's evangelism. So maybe yeah, podcast can be <laughs> a great evangelism. So I guess tool. we're wrong after all. At the end of every episode, we ask all of our guests and newcomers one final question. So no, we are the this. Uncovered Dish Christian Leadership Podcast. <laughs> are you? I didn't know. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, we. We. We are. You too. Um, well, you're here with us today. <laughs> Uh, we're un- uncovering dishes together. <laughs> Ball bearings. <laughs> That'd be a terrible dish. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're the, we're the uncovered dish Christian leadership podcast. And that harkens back to our sort of identity as United Methodists in that we love to eat. Oh right? yeah. Mm-hmm. So we always ask our guests one question. Technically the guest is me, but we're asking our co-host right now. Which is, if you could pick one dish that you'd eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Mashed potatoes. Okay. You got to get more specific than that. I, potatoes, or mashed potatoes are my staple dish in every single congregation I serve. That's what I bring to every single potluck. It's what I make for every single uh, church event. I have made upwards of 50 pounds of mashed potatoes for any given dinner that we have because both the con- congregations I have served have thought that acceptable mashed potatoes to serve to people are the ones that come out of a box. So mashed potatoes are like my claim to fame. Okay, so, so no, this does wow, get so more. you are serious. This so I, very I, thought, serious. I thought you were kind of no, part no, of joking, but no, 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 I'm, this is ma- mashed potatoes are my, my life. <laughs> wow. This, I've never this, seen this anyone so serious about mashed potatoes. So, so mashed not, potatoes. you know, it can't come from a box, no. right? Um, what kind of milk do you make it with? Or oh, you, do you don't make, make it with milk. You make it with heavy cream. Oh, heavy yes. cream and butter. Okay. Heavy cream and butter. Mm-hmm. Salted butter. No, unsalted butter. Unsalted butter. Unsalted so butter you, do you season like but salt and unsalted I, butter I, basically is heavy cream. I I salt the water. Do you need? Do I need to tell you how I make my mashed potatoes? Yeah, I do. Okay, so when you boil your water, you salt your water. That's very important. And then you oh. peel all of your potatoes. And I have used a variety of peeling methods. Not a good option is the apple core. It looks like it's going to be a solid choice. It's not. Also, the KitchenAid attachment, not a solid thing to peel. Just peel by hand. It's much better. Uh, and if you're really good, you can use a, a, a knife to do it. Uh, but if you are not, just use a peeler. And then you boil them, and you boil them longer than you expect to have to boil your potatoes. And then you drain them. And then you throw your butter in there and you throw your heavy cream in there and you have to play with it a little bit because, you know, there's no consistency in making mashed potatoes. You just know it when you taste it and then you're good. And if you're like me and you have to make 50 pounds of it at any given time, you put it in those nice little throwaway trays and cover them up and you're good to go. It's I mashed potatoes are like a serious thing in my life. Wow. <laughs> But when we started this conversation, you did not give me any detail. I was just, I just wanted to know. You didn't ask for the backstory on why it was that I was only going to eat mashed potatoes for the rest of my life. (laughs) But mashed potatoes. There we go. Mashed potatoes. Done. I like that. (laughs) All right. Great. (laughs) So thank you again, Paul Barnett. He is the podcast ministerial intern for the Uncovered Dish podcast. Also a student at Princeton Theological Seminary and. A podcast producer for The Thread, thread. which is a product of the Princeton Seminary Office of Continuing Education. Mm -hmm. That's right. And where can people contact you if they need to reach you, Paul? I guess the best email address for me right now is pbarnett at gnjumc.org. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And also, guest hosting today was Reverend Gabrielle Martone. Uh, She is a provisional elder Mm -hmm. of the Great New Jersey Conference. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And you have a book on the way. (laughs) 
Yes, it's on ball bearings <laughs> and mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like an interesting. I've put those two together, and now now it's, uh, now it sounds quite interesting. We're developing something here. It's something's <laughs> something's cooking. All right, thank you again. Uh, that was that is it for today. Thank thank you guys for being on the podcast. This podcast was produced by the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey at the media production studio of the Mission and Resource Center in Neptune, New Jersey. And a special thank you to our podcast ministerial intern, Paul Barnett. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to be up to date on the latest episodes. Till next time, take care.